0: And one of the things that I, I heard when you stood up or felt was that you felt comfortable in this mist of all of this to even stand up and say, and one thing you said, and I think it's important, he said that he's been coming, but you have welcomed me. Yeah. And I think as we welcome people of differences, it brings them to keep coming back because there's something that's being planted in the heart that even opening up they're awakening even more. So thank you, sir, and welcome to the family.
1: The Village Square, a nervy bunch of liberals and conservatives who believe that disagreement and dialogue make for a good conversation, a good country, and a good time. At The Village Square, we talk about politics, religion, and race. You know, the topics your mom taught you never to discuss in polite company. Listen, at The Village Square... We make pigs fly.
2: Welcome to Village Squarecast. This is Vanessa Rouse. Thanks for joining us for Holy Misconceptions, Batman with the God Squad. Today we explore the many myths, truths, and misunderstandings that everyday people have about religion. You know, all those questions that might be whirling around in the back of your mind, but maybe you didn't have a comfortable place to ask. I mean, how awkward is it to ask a priest, what happens when science conflicts with your faith? That was one of my longtime burning questions, but I felt like it would somehow be insulting to ask. But to my delight, I think that was the question that the panel was most excited to answer that right there is a lesson by itself. Anyway, we explore the most common misconceptions of the various faiths represented on the panel. And wow, you guys, we have an awesome and diverse panel for you today. By the way, we think you'll notice how the power of a local community really shines through in this one. You'll hopefully feel the bonds between these people as they share stories about how their lives intersect in our hometown. And this is actually one very important part of our ground-up bridge-building model. And you can do the same in your community. Reach out to us if you want a little support bringing God Squad to your hometown. All right, let's get on with it. Funding for this program was provided through a grant from Florida Humanities with funds from the National Endowment for the Humanities. Today's program will be facilitated by Dr. Gary Schultz, senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Tallahassee. The rest of the panel will introduce themselves to you in just a minute. So let's turn it over to Pastor Gary.
3: Holy Misconceptions Batman. And if you read the the topic description, what that means is we're going to be trying to take a look at those misconceptions, uh, myths, uh, misunderstandings. Uh, about our faith or how we live out our faith. And I'll I'll ask our panelists to introduce themselves here and give a little bit of background in just a a minute. But I do want to draw notice that this is a a true multi-faith panel up here that we've put together on purpose with Jewish, Catholic, Baptist, Muslim representation to, to be able to explore that from all of those different perspectives. And of course, The only ones that we're able to speak for are ourselves, and yet we can certainly give you that insider's perspective as well for about our faith and how we attempt to live out our faith in this world. So before we begin with our questions, and we're gonna look to definitely give some time at the end for questions as well. I'll ask the panel members to introduce themselves, get a little bit of background. and we will start with an old friend of of God Squad here on, on my right.
1: Hi, uh, Jack Romberg, uh, the emeritus rabbi of uh, Temple Israel, uh, and I don't—we uh, don't live here now. Uh, we split between Ponte Vedra, uh, which is over at the beach near Jacksonville, uh, but, uh, but also up in uh, Manhattan, New York, uh, because our daughter with our grandkids lives in uh, Connecticut, and so we go back and forth. But one of the things that I'm doing a lot of work on is a lot of you know that I have uh, done a book and I'm speaking at a lot of places uh, about the the book and about the history that it's involved. So anyway, great to see you, especially, I love that I am running into some of my friends uh, who I miss so much, so great to see you. Your book is fabulous. Thank you. (laughs)
4: Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Adil Atari. Um, I call home, Kaltola Hasi home since 15 years now. Um, I'm a software engineer, so, um, definitely not much of all these smart people over here, but I'm still glad to be here uh, representing my uh, Muslim peers and looking forward to our discussion.
5: Uh, I'm Father Tom Dillon. I am the chaplain of John Paul II Catholic High School and the new pastor of the church that's being started in Southwood, which is also called John Paul II. I've uh, been in Tallahassee for now 11 years. I was 10 years the assistant pastor at Good Shepherd on Thomasville Road, and so it's my pleasure to be with you all today, representing
3: obviously the Catholic
5: perspective. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: And we will have one more uh, panelist, hopefully joining us here pretty soon, Dr. Judy Mandrell, who is at the Life Changer Church of God in Christ. And I am Gary Schultz. I'm the senior pastor here at at First Baptist. Been blessed to be here almost five years at this point and and increasingly come to know and love Tallahassee and and all the wonderful things that that God is doing here. So we'll get started then with, with this question. And, and this panel, especially more so maybe than others, is, is, gonna, is gonna be very individual in the sense that we're gonna be talking and, and describing certain things. But what differentiates your faith from other faiths, other religions? What, what would you consider to be some core distinctives of your faith?
1: All right, I guess I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have to use my notes, to... <laughs> okay. So uh, one of the things that is not only different between Judaism and uh, so many other religions, uh, but also is different between Jews themselves, and that is, is there's no agreement on actually what happens to you when you die. Um, and there's no, uh, there's no push about you know, being in heaven. And actually, the differences occur even in the Talmud. Uh, where uh, in the, the Talmud, this part of the Talmud was was written somewhere around, you know, the fourth to fifth century, somewhere in there, where it was put together. So that's one thing. But another thing that's very, very different, I think, at least I believe, is um, that we, since we don't have an agreement on, you know, what happens when you die, the focus of our lives. Is yes, while we should be doing our pr- par- uh, praying to God, and yes, we should be uh, doing our holidays and so forth. And in the Torah, it tells us exactly how to do these things. But one of the most important things in the Torah is on in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 16, verse 20, and in Hebrew it says tzedek tzedek tirdof, which in English, a lot of times is just uh, said as, um, said as justice, justice, you will follow, okay? Meaning that you should do things for justice, but actually tzedek doesn't just mean justice, it also means righteousness. And so Jews are supposed to not only go after justice and make sure that justice happens, but to act in a righteous way way and to do righteousness. And one of the things that we are told to do in the Talmud is actually to stand up and protest if something is going wrong. That's one of the differences.
4: So I would say uh, other than the general uh, great uh, headlights in the news, um, what distinguishes Islam from uh, other faiths is probably uh, the way it sees itself as the uh, conclusion of the monotheism uh, messages. So it definitely relates a lot to uh, specifically uh, Judaism and Christianity. And uh, if any of you are familiar in the Quran, I think the most distinctive story uh, told over and over is uh, Moses' story, so, um, and all what comes afterwards. And of course, uh, the, the recognition of, uh, of uh, Jesus as the son of Mary and uh, all the other prophets. And uh, it's definitely well defined in terms of where we came from and where we go to. So we believe on the, uh, uh, the judgment day and it's then our deeds that will tell us where we are um, in heaven or in other place. And uh, that's pretty much uh, kind of a nutshell.
5: Um, for, I'd say, one of the distinctive things about the Catholic faith from other denominations or from other religions is uh, we have very strongly held beliefs, uh, which we call our dogmas, our doctrines, which you can find in what we call the creed, um, which is the profession of faith, what we believe. And whereas that we share a lot of our the creed with many different Christian denominations, we have very strong beliefs in what each of those words mean. Um, but I'd say that... Mostly, I think that in all religions, or at least my understanding of most religions is that all are called to holiness. But we believe as Catholics that there's a particular way, a particular manner of life, which we're called to holiness and to encounter Jesus Christ each and every day of our life. Um, And the primary way in which we do this as Catholics, um, one of the primary lenses by which this happens and occurs is through what we call the sacraments, um, which we share many of these with other denominations. but. Probably the the center of the Catholic faith would be our belief in the Last Supper, our belief in what we call the Eucharist, which we believe is the real presence of Jesus where he still is among us each and every day.
3: And and Dr. Mandrell, we're discussing the the distinctives of our faith, what we would say would be the most important aspects of of what we believe. Uh, So if you wouldn't mind giving just a brief introduction and and then a rundown of what you believe the, the distinctives of your faith are.
0: Uh, good afternoon, I'm Judy Mandrell. Sorry for being early. Um, <laughs> forgive me. Uh, the co-pastor of Life Changes, Church of God in Christ, I believe one distinctive difference or a belief in our religion, Christianity, that we believe that Jesus is the God, is the Son of God. We believe in the Trinity. Uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I think that's a... A big difference in between a lot of the other religion, because some of them believed that he was a prophet or you know something of that sort, but I think that's one of the major uh, distinction in, in the other religions.
3: And I'll I'll build on that as, as was thinking about that question. Certainly the, the distinctiveness of Jesus as the Son of God, as our Savior. Uh, We also believe as as a Baptist that each person has an individual responsibility to make that decision about whether or not they are going to follow Jesus Christ. Believe that he died for our sins on the cross, believe that he rose from the dead, believe that the word of God is our authority that God has given us and that we're obligated to follow that the best that we can. Uh, Those are just a a few there. But I want to build on that, uh, talking about the distinctives of our faith then. Considering misconceptions, what then do you believe are the most common misperceptions of those who don't share your faith about your faith?
4: I can try. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I left Uh, it purposely broad. Exactly. So... (laughs) Uh, we relate just to experiences I have with discussing with people from other faiths. So there is a lot of a misconception about who Allah is, while Allah is just a word in Arabic signifying God, and um, uh, you know uh, many other faiths would think that. Uh, as he, with all due respect to so like Buddhism and all others non monotheistic faiths, uh, they will just confuse that just a, a person while uh, in um, Islam, uh, Allah is the Arabic word for, for God like chair is a kursi and, and what have you. Uh, so so that, that's one, the position of who is the prophet Muhammad and uh, how holy he is while uh, one of the kind of the strongest pillar in Islam is that Muhammad is a prophet and then period. He's, he's, a, he's a person, he had the message uh, inspired by God, and it ends there. So this, some of the uh, understandable misconception of the positions of, of the prophet. And of course, uh, you know, we believe he's the last of a series of prophets starting from Adam, the first ones.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll go. Um, I think with with Christianity and some of the things that I've learned is that one of the misconception is that if you're not a Christian, then you hate everybody else, or you really fight against everybody else, and that is a misconception, I believe. We believe what we believe, but uh, I'm only 63, so growing up, I know I'm young, thank you, but growing up, there was a time, especially in the black culture, that there was, if you wasn't Christian, or you weren't part of the Pentecostal faith, that there was some type of separation, separation. But I believe that as we have grown, we're no longer there as a whole. We respect others, other religion, and still believe what we believe. But I think that a lot of people believe Christians are just this boogeyman who fight everybody that's not like them.
5: I'll jump in on this one. I'd say that the uh, probably the biggest two misconceptions that I've encountered frequently with uh, the people looking at Catholicism from outside is one, that uh, Catholics worship a lot of different gods, uh, which we call saints or angels or Mary. And then the second one is that Catholics don't uh, read or don't know or don't follow the scriptures. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say that those are probably the two most common... Uh, misconceptions, yes, that I that I've encountered um, from the Catholic position. We most certainly we worship God and God alone, and we do believe, as most Christians um, do, in the Trinity: the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons, one being. Um, so, one God that we believe in, and we worship Him and wor- Him alone. Um, in regards to the Catholic position on those th- on those other topics, um, we honor we, our understanding of how we honor the saints and we honor Mary. We honor people. Um, which is in keeping, from our perspective, with the fourth commandment. Honor those who God has placed in authority and, and imitate them. Um, and then, again, Catholics, we most certainly, uh, everything that we do, and actually the sacraments and the mass, is is rooted in the scriptures and is us believing how we live out the scriptures each and every day.
1: There are certainly um, a number of honest misperceptions about uh, Judaism from people who are are just nice people who just don't understand us. And like an example of one of those would be thinking that Hanukkah is such an important holiday, which (laughs) Hanukkah Hanukkah actually is not an important holiday. And that was put on the thing that was sent out to everybody. However, um, there is something that I have to bring up now because it's raising again. And that is misperception done on purpose. And it's done on purpose because anti-Semitism is the reason that a lot of people bring up differences. For example, a lot of anti-Semitics, they will say nasty things about Israel, or they will say nasty things about how Jewish people just want to take power and run things in a country, okay? That happened in Germany. It's happening today. Okay, in America. So there are things that have just happened in the last few weeks. So those are those are the differences. And one of the things that we have to understand is that misconception, yes, can be very honest and and can be fine and just it it just needs to be taken, you know, uh, explained to people but there's misconception that is on purpose. And I want to now take, a, give a story from about 2017. And it was right, it was happening just before I was actually going to be having a meeting with the members of the God Squad. And the, me, the meeting was going to be right here, um, was gonna be right here in uh, the Baptist, you know, church. Uh, and we were going to be putting together, you know, the subjects for the next year. Okay, just in the day before I was coming, we, got, uh, we were threatened by a person who was anti-Semitic, who had a little, mili- a little military, and Stephanie, I think you remember this, and uh, he was going to bring people to protest against us at the same time that children were leaving the uh, preschool, okay? And they were gonna do it at our uh, synagogue. Well, uh, of course, I called the, the, the police, the police came, they were fantastic here um, and, and did everything they could to help us and, and they said they knew who this person was and they were gonna make sure that he didn't do it. They were gonna make sure that there was a, uh, a police car sitting in, you know, at our place. Okay, I I actually went to the meeting with the God Squad group um, right after the police was, the policeman was with me and went through this. And I was telling my clergy friends, you know, uh, about this. This was just, this was about a year and a half before you you came, Gary. Josh was, was the one. And Josh and the others were fantastic. Yes, they did not all you know, n- understand everything about Judaism, but they all said to me, every one of them, And you all, a, lot, a lot of you know Derek. I mean, Derek was one of them, okay? They all said to me, Jack, if they're showing up, let us know. We will come and stand with you, and we will bring members of our congregation to come and stand with you to stand up for the Jewish people. So the, those who participate in this kind of discussion that we're having here are exactly the clergy that are the, exactly the right kind of clergy, even though we don't have exactly the same things that we you know, uh, follow, but we all have the feeling that it's important, it's important to stand up for the people that you're not exactly like, and so, Um, that's one of the things that I felt had to come out from what you brought up. I appreciate that.
3: And you think about that, and you think about misconceptions, wanted to follow that up with, if if there was one misconception that you would consider whether it's most threatening, damaging, insulting, that you could just do away with, snap your fingers and, and, and it was
1: gone, what would that be? I gave mine already, so the
0: rest of you <laughs> can. Our goal is that one, one religion is better than the other. I, I think it causes a lot of unnecessary uh, division, um, uh, separation. I think it produces, and, and, and I'm a Christian, and, and I have my faith, and I believe uh, what I believe strongly but I don't, I don't like when the religion people fight each other over some traditional things. I, I don't, and I think it's, um, we got enough hate and division in the world other than us fighting each other. The Bible said that they're going to know that we're his disciples, Jesus, by the love that we have one for another. And if we can't love everybody, I believe every religion should stop. That's just Judy Madreau um, perspective. I, I see you looking, you ready to come, come on. <laughs> see me looking, I'm listening. Oh. You, you got that look on your face like, really Judy? <laughs> I love it, man. They gonna come to my help, you, you heard them, didn't you? <laughs>
5: Uh, this is about our particular faith or just in general? Either one. Either one. Um, I think that in general, I think that the misperception that there's more, I would, um, similar similar to my colleague up to my left said, is uh, I would say that we have much more in common than we have that separates us. Um, I do think that there are some very real distinctive differences, which are important differences, um, which also leads to consequences, but I think that overarchingly, like especially people of faith, people who, um, believe in the supremacy of charity and the supremacy of love. That God, that God is a God of love. I think that there's much more in common, and so this the perception that we have that there's more things that separate us than unite us together. That would be also something I would agree with. More particularly for the cat for the Catholic faith is. Uh, the uh, the misperception that for some reason that uh, that Catholics aren't Christians, <laughs> which, <laughs> which uh, just doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, <laughs> uh, but that's that'd be say more particular on a particular Catholic one would be that one.
4: Yes, and um, just uh, joining my voice to my fellows here is uh, any issue that uh, brings uh, divisiveness either within the community, like the Muslim community, or at large the uh, uh, interfaith community should, uh, should should not have a place. Um, uh, the the uh, perception, I think, that built up, unfortunately, just because of events that have been happening at the beginning of the century. Uh, I've seen a lot of tidying up uh, Muslims with with use of violence in general. I think it's one of the misconceptions. I'd like, as you said, snapping my fingers and go away. But as everybody uh, said, that comes with uh, panels like this, with discussions, with interfaith, with uh, uh, getting the information out there for people that's looking for it.
1: So let me just add one. This is uh, also about um, this is also about uh, those within our religion who have a misconception, okay? And um, a number of people who have misconception within Judaism don't want to accept uh, people who are different from us and, and you know, say that they're you know good people, whatever, however, I gotta say this to all the Jewish people, all right? There is a book uh, that is not officially part of the Talmud but was made between Uh, the first and second century by a whole bunch of the original uh, very early rabbis. And one of the things that they said in this book was that if somebody doesn't believe in God, you know, just like we believe in God, or just doesn't believe in God, period, however, as long as they are acting appropriately and they are doing good things and helping other people, It's not about trying to get people to become Jewish. It's about accepting people who are different, but if they are acting appropriately, you just accept them for who they are and not make an an argument and not do anything against them. So that's actually one of the things that has come up sometimes in uh, Judaism, and I'm talking about our our 2,000-year history, okay, but, Um, That was already approached uh, back between 100 and 200, so.
3: And that's a good transition because the next question I was gonna ask, and and Jack, you just addressed it, there can sometimes be a difference between misconceptions from uh, the the outside of those who we already know don't share our faith, but then there's there's misconceptions that you also face from people who profess to share your faith. And you just expressed one. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask the, the rest of the panel, Have you found those misconceptions to be different? Is there one that stands out as as particularly coming from those who say that you share your faith, but you know, no, wait a second, that's that's not what we believe or practice.
0: Um, I I was just thinking that even now, there are some people who share in our faith who hold to some of the old tradition of our church, for instance, they believe that women who wear pants are not Christian. That's not why I got on this long dress, but it. <laughs> 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 um, but this, we've come to understand that that's not true. But there are some, and, and I wear pants, but there are <laughs> some older women and men in our faith who have problem still with women who wear pants. I mean, I mean serious problem. They don't want you to pray. They don't want you to do anything. And sometimes it brings a war. Well, not really a war. Um, yeah, an argument. And, and, and some have even left church of God in Christ and some of the uh, Pentecostal faith because of that I mean because that I mean, it's, it's a real serious issue and, and it comes from the scripture where uh, what it is uh, a woman ought not to wear that, that pertaining to a man which means that there was no good understanding but now that we have it this is how I handle it I don't the, the mean I mean, I'd rather not get into the argument with it. Because yeah, some of these women and men are old, and, and I respect them, honestly. You understand? So I'm not gonna argue, because I was told if i argue with the older people, are gonna show up my life. So I don't wanna do that. <laughs> I mean, this is, real, this, is, this is real stuff within our denomination.
3: Well, I think just to build on that, you know, I think particularly among Christians, you know, we believe Jesus is, is the way, the truth, and the life. You should follow Jesus. And that raises disagreements when one person says we should follow Jesus this way, another person says we should follow Jesus this way, and then begin to elevate those differences to a point of where if you, you disagree with me, that means you're disagreeing with my understanding of what it means to be a, a believer. And, and those can be hard things to, to navigate. Uh, one of the reasons started the the discussion off with an understanding, and I imagine that's true in in every faith, of what the the distinctives are those those main things that we want to make sure that we keep the the main thing. Any any other response to that? The misconceptions from within
5: our own faith? I'd say within the uh, the Catholic faith, one common because we have very strongly held beliefs and they're. Uh, very clearly and uh, strongly defined, but there's can also be a misconception with Catholics of thinking that everything that the Pope says, uh, who's our highest uh, teaching authority, um, or anything that the Bishop says is the Word of God, <laughs> um, which is actually not what we actually believe. We actually have checks and balances and not everything the pope says or the bishop says. You can actually disagree with a lot that the pope says or does uh, um, both in historically as well as modern day. Uh, as well as with your bishop. It's um, So there's some clearly defined, but sometimes even Catholics are like, oh, well, the Pope said it, so it, it, it's it's God's word. I'm just like, mm, that's not exactly <laughs> what, that's not what we we believe. Um, but I'd say that's, but that also causes a lot of internal divisions in our community as well, as people uh, who kind of find themselves um, saying, well, and I go, go back to scripture, like, well, I'm a, a, a follower of Paul, or I'm a follower of Uh, And I'm just like no, we're all followers of Jesus and even the Pope is as well. So
4: So misconceptions within the same faith um so first disclosure, so I'm uh, I'm Moroccan-born and grown up in Morocco, North Africa, right and uh, I came first in the US for my studies uh, uh, within the Fulbright program to New York and uh, so uh, All this evolution, I've been uh, seeing only Islam in an Islamic country. And I'm just uh, grateful to come to the United States and just discover again my faith, as it is lived by uh, many Muslims all around the world. So that's uh, um, uh, the the other misconception when we are talking about other faith, they think that it's an Arab religion, which is not. It's just started from the Arabian Peninsula and just went all through Europe and uh, Southeast Asia. Differently, um, this colorful, this richness um, is, is comes with uh, misconceptions, uh, whether all women need to uh, wear a veil or not. Um, and again, as I say, with respects to all other views, I consider myself born in an Islamic country, but I never seen any of my uh, direct relatives wearing a veil. And if some do, it's by their choice, but um, you know, when you come here and meet other people for which is kind of an orthodox uh, need, uh, then you you come to uh, challenge your knowledge about your own religion and come to get that discussion about what is uh, compulsory or not. So that's one of uh, the uh, richness and the uh, challenges we face as well as a community. I want
3: to shift gears just a, a, a little bit to bring up what consider to be a, a pretty common myth or at least misunderstanding about people of faith and that has to do with the relationship between faith and, and science. And So the, the question wrote is one common myth about religious people is that they just reject science or that they refuse to adjust their thinking when science seems to, to contradict their faith. So in general knowing that I'm, I'm asking you to give a, a short answer to a very complicated <laughs> subject how does your faith Understand uh, the relationship between faith and science?
1: Well, uh, first of all, uh, Judaism historically has accepted science uh, going all the way back uh, where it's even written, some things are written about it in the Talmud. Uh, so, and the Talmud is, is kind of our version of the New Bible version, New Testament, yeah, new Testament version. Right, okay. But um, in any case, uh, there, the a very important thing that happened with science is in the 13th century, uh, Maimonides wrote a very very important book, where he explained that actually understanding science is what's going to make you really be a more s- a s- serious Jew, because you will understand that yes, God has created the world, and yes, uh, God uh, takes care of certain things, but the science is up to us to actually get so many things done.
5: Uh, From the Catholic perspective, we actually have a a book or document which was written um, which kind of lays out our position on faith and science, which is called Fides et Ratio, which is faith and reason. What's the relationship between reason and what science and reason can show us. And what's the relationship between that and faith? Um, as Catholics, we believe that God reveals himself through the natural world, um, not apart from the natural world, but through the natural world. And therefore science is one measure, um, although in a kind of an implicit way that we can encounter God and his plan and his order. At the same time, there's then the seeming, we look, we really look as We don't believe that there's going to be a contradiction between the natural world and what our faith re- reveals to us to be true. Um, So when there's these supposed conflicts between faith and science or faith and reason, uh, we kind of look very closely at that and say, well, what is this? And there's also, we look at science as also something which is evolving and changing over time. Um, That science, and our knowledge of science, our knowledge of the things of the scientific and natural world, um, we still have, we're still children as uh, Einstein, a great Jewish Um, scientists said, again, we're in the middle of this giant library and we don't understand the whole system of order and yet we can see order in that. And so from our understanding of science, we understand that science is something which is changing, which is growing, which is evolving. Sometimes we move forward, sometimes we move backwards. And so we don't allow science to challenge the basic dogmas, the basic understanding of our faith. But when science actually presents to us a truth that we, it allows us to sharpen our understanding of the faith as opposed to disproving it. And then when there's a supposed uh, conflict between faith and science, we're like, well, was this actually, a, is this definitive science or is this um, speculative science, if that makes sense?
0: I'm gonna make mine real short. I agree with him.
3: <laughs> no, that and was I gonna be my her. answer too. <laughs> I
5: mean, that was well said. Yeah. Was I, might, I might teach at high school. <laughs>
4: So um, generally in Islam, so we, you know, there is there is a variety and a big spectrum of of, of uh, uh, position about science. So it starts with the literal, you know, canonical Quranic saying that you need to seek knowledge, uh, and then we come onto like the misconception we've been talking about. What is the knowledge? Does knowledge can be only scientific or needs to be, uh, you know, uh, just about the religion? So so there's there's this uh, kind of interesting. Uh, parallel interpretation of the of the word of God but I can tell you from my experience to be honest like one of the most popular uh, scientific controversial uh, that you know I got into is the evolution so like you go to school in Morocco evolution is just a fact there's no discussion about it you go Friday to the mosque it tells you it's the most evil thing <laughs> that can happen right so, so and you leave there but then you go and look at the books and say well uh, as uh, uh, Father was saying is it's an invitation to explore our beliefs. It's an, uh, an invitation to research, because if it, the creator wanted it to be easy for us, he would have made it that way. But it's, I think it's more the process of understand, understanding and rechallenging our uh, uh, beliefs is probably what, what we are here for.
1: I should add one little thing. First of all, I think that all of you have said exactly very, very good aspects. Okay, very, very good. Um, and I just want to add that Maimonides, another thing that he, he said, and by the way, uh, he was a rabbi and the leading rabbi in, uh, in, in the uh, Jewish place uh, in all of the Islam area, okay, back in the 13th century. Uh, huh? Egypt, right, right, well he lived in Egypt, but it was beyond that that he was important, okay. So uh, he, besides being a rabbi, he was also a doctor, and he did things as a doctor. So he actually put in the book, he also said that you will actually get closer to God by making sure that you study science and math before you go and do too much in studying the Bible.
3: One last question before we turn it over to, to questions. So we, we've acknowledged a little bit of this, this already in some of our answers, and obviously just by the nature of having this panel, we, and we all know this in this room, we live in a pluralistic society. We, we live in a, a society that believes many different things and sometimes disagrees very strongly about those things and how we ought to to live out what we believe. So how do we strive to live out our faith with integrity, even among those who might have these misconceptions or believe these misconceptions very deeply, who don't share, who who do disagree even strongly with what we believe?
0: My answer would be to that from the scriptures, follow peace with all men That's good. Um, and that means sometime just being quiet yeah. and, and, and allow people to do what they're going to do and believe what they're going to believe I'm a Christian I believe in the Bible and so I live accordingly but I even have family members who are not Christians but when we get together we're together for family and so we don't argue and fight about our different religious belief. It keeps down peace. It keeps peace. Because a lot of time we argue and fight because somebody don't believe like us, it's not gonna change them. But my my hope is the way I live can kind of get people to see differently. Uh, the, The scripture said, be ready always, right, to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. So perhaps somebody can see Judy not being hateful and mean after being treated hatefully and meanly and then say, Judy, why did you live that way? Then I can say, because. And so that's really how I... I do when people don't agree with me, I'm learning a lot here, you know. Even with the Islam, there's a lot of things that I had to learn and understand and I'm still learning. Even with the Jews, I love this, that's why I'm here and that's why I come so early. (laughs) (laughs) Because I actually, (laughs) I actually love being here and learning differences. There are some people who don't. So my prayer is God help us to use wisdom and not just our belief in winning others, but give us wisdom with our belief and with our faith to sit and talk and get an understanding.
1: And I would say that disagreement, uh, disagreement on Jewish belief has absolutely nothing to do with uh, how how you? How and those of us who are Jewish, uh, we shouldn't be paying any attention to that, but just paying attention to what we believe in Judaism. That's how my family was because they were all, you know, they were all in Germany in, you know, when the Nazis took power and they had to deal with that, um, you know. But that didn't change their beliefs at all. Uh, what it what it did is it made them get to America so that they could be, actually be Jewish and do exactly how they believed. And that's, that's been part of Jewish history, of dealing with this for thousands of years, actually. For thousands of years. So um, what I would say to my friends here is um, the disagreement on what you believe should not change your belief. It, you, you should believe what you believe, because at the very bottom, we all know, we all say that God exists. Just because we, we, divert, we, we you know, we look at God a little bit different in terms of uh, defining God, um, that doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. It just means that we're looking at it a little bit differently in terms of how to define God. So every, everybody should do their, their beliefs.
5: So, whether I'm hearing the hearing the question, um, how do we create harmony in a disharmon in a disharmonious world? So that's where, I think that it's important for at least from my perspective as a Catholic priest, is that we are called to be agents of harmony because God Himself is harmonious. Um, I love uh, a great Catholic author was uh, John. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, so some of you might know from Lord of the Rings, Um, he talked about this beautiful um, scene at the very beginning of one of his uh, greatest works, he talks about how God creates music, and there's lots of different pieces of music, and lots of different instruments, and there's things that come about to create harmony and a symphony of beauty, symphony of goodness, and a symphony of truth. Um, The difficulty is that we find ourselves so often also with disharmony, with discord, with division. And I think that it's important that we, um, we don't gloss over superficially some of the real discords and divisions because if we don't um, handle conflicts well, um, I think that there's two ways you can handle conflicts. You can handle it in an unhealthy way, and then you can also handle it in a healthy way. It's also through conflict that we overcome struggles and difficulties together. And so I think that it, the answer though is that at the end of the day, harmony is something which I can't ask from other people unless I first have experience and have it myself. And so like I go back to um, the New Testament, which is uh, that if I want there to be mutual respect throughout the world, that at the end of the day, like I have to be the first person to be willing to give that to my neighbor, which is why love is patient, love is kind, which is like kindness to me is like speaking the truth, living the truth, calling people the truth, but it's also not rude. right? Yeah. So I think there's, it's like, love is like, it's not love is kind, love is patient, love is kind, love is not rude, love endures all things. In the same way, the eight Beatitudes from a Christian perspective, a Catholic perspective, doesn't describe eight different Christians. The eight Beatitudes describe one Christian because it's a description of Jesus. That's right. And so like in that, like we have to find our internal harmony where we look at the discord, which comes from within ourselves. Only when we first have hold the beam out of our own eyes, probably, can we then help other people, not rip the splinters out of their eyes, but we can actually maybe talk and have a real discussion, a healthy discussion over some of the differences. But as soon as it leads to hate, as soon as these discussions lead to hate or to violence or to disrespect, I think that that's when we've, we ourselves have become members of a disharmonious discord and that's when it's no longer helpful.
4: Yeah, um, can't help but thinking uh, when I hear uh, all the panelists of the, one of the commandments or of one uh, in, in the Quran is that uh, first uh, acknowledgement of that You people were created from uh, different nations and different tribes that you come to know each other. So that's the purpose. By design, we've been created to be different. So who else can we challenge when the creator tells us that you were created different, that you come to know each other. Truly the most successful of you are the most Pious or like following the God's commandments, just the most successful. Not, you know, there are a lot of other successful people. So keep thinking of that. And uh, truly, a lot of initiatives around town. I, I see my friend Paul from uh, Trinity Church. I think ten years ago we started um, some um, initiatives where we were reading a book uh, uh, in uh, in their in their church, and we started some common. Uh, work as of serving the, uh, the homeless at the at the uh, you know what you call the, the, the shelter center and then it's before the care center and it, it evolves to that so definitely these interactions I think it's very valuable it's and maybe it's the essence of our differences and it's meant to be that way thank you
3: I think we've got time for
4: a few questions
3: hi um.
6: I used to say that I was an atheist, but I don't use that word anymore, and it's because of the misconceptions that have come up about atheism. Uh, For one thing, uh, of course I don't speak for all atheists, because (laughs) all atheists are not the same, that's the first one. The second thing is that when you say you're an atheist, the definition actually says you don't believe in anything, well that's, that's not me, I do believe in something. And I even call the thing that I believe in God. But uh, I'm not anti-religious. I'm not anti-Christian. I do believe in something. In fact, I think I'm a person of faith because I do believe in things that I can't prove but that bring my life meaning and purpose. So I won't go into all that. Another thing is uh, that I believe that there I I love this panel today, and I've loved coming here for years and years. I've always felt accepted and uplifted by the things that I've heard here today, and that includes all our new folks here today very much. Um, And I believe that there is a lot of commonality in our beliefs, as you said, even among scientists. Scientists have a different name for God. They call God nature. Nature. They believe that nature works in a certain way and that the result of the way nature works brings us the world, brings us ourselves, brings us life. Those are all things that we believe about God. So I guess that's all I have to say And my question is, what do you think about that?
7: (laughs) That's great.
1: I totally respect what you said. It was great.
3: I appreciate the... Well, the way that you phrase that, it's not that I don't believe in anything, I do believe in something. And I think that's an, an important acknowledgement you know, to understand. One of the things that, of course, we believe as a Christian, we're all made in the, the image and likeness of God. And one of the things the Scripture says in, in the book of Ecclesiastes, we have a sense of eternity in our hearts that God has, has placed there. And I think being able to to acknowledge that is is an important step in, in coming to, to know who and we believe the one true God in in the face of Jesus Christ. But I appreciate you sharing that.
0: Can I say something to to, And one of the things that I I heard when you stood up or felt was that you felt comfortable in this midst of all of this to even stand up and say, and one thing you said, and I think it's important, he said that he's been coming, but you have welcomed me. And I think as we welcome people of differences, it brings them to keep coming back because there's something that's being planted in the heart that even opening up their uh, awakening even more. So thank you, sir, and welcome to the family.
7: Um, This is for all of you. Um, Could you say something about the leadership role of women in your religions?
0: I take it. So all the women clapped. The men just looking at me. You see, like you know, they just looking. <laughs> but in in our uh, religion, I believe that women now and more than ever, they are receiving that God worked through women as well. There was a time when it wasn't received, but now it's received. We get to pastor. We get to um, uh, do a whole lot of stuff. That I'm glad about, because I don't know what religion I would have been in, you know, because um, He does use us. And it's opening up. And in, in our religion, in the Pentecostal, women now are pastors, and you see some women being bishops and all of that stuff. Not in my denomination, they're not bishops, but uh, in some others. But I think that God has allowed it to be revealed that He uses women as well. You know, you, you, my pastor used to say, men are the head, but the women are the neck, which means that a man can't do nothing if that neck don't turn it, right? <laughs> and I believe that that's what, that's, <laughs> now I got my brothers laughing, but I, I believe that that's where we are in Christianity, that we're becoming it's, um, uh, knowledgeable in acceptance of women, being in leadership role and doing a lot now. That's Christianity.
1: In Judaism, uh, there there are different you know movements within Judaism. Uh, the one that does not allow women to take uh, leadership roles is the uh, ultra uh, Orthodox group. There is a modern Orthodox group that now women are able to become rabbis and take positions and so forth um, within, of course, uh, conservative Judaism. Um, and uh, Reformed Judaism and Reconstructionist Judaism, uh, women are allowed to have, you know, all, any position that I'm allowed to have, women are allowed to have. Uh, and um, that started, I would say, in Reformed Judaism. It actually started, the first woman was ordained as rabbi in 1972 when I graduated from high school.
7: this, I am Catholic, have been all my life, and living in West Virginia for 15 years, and to a certain extent in Florida now, it's very difficult for me to witness my faith. I mean, it's not difficult for me, but I want to know how you would recommend reconciling these differences when people don't really respect your faith, or don't... Um, Living in West Virginia was pure hell for a Catholic because uh, I once had a man tell me I wasn't Christian because I was Catholic. And I just very politely said well, that's something we'll have to agree to disagree on because I know what I know and you know what you know and they're like that. But how do we individually bridge these gaps?
1: Before he answers the question, can I ask you a question? Sure. Where in West Virginia were you living? Oh, okay, because when I was from one to nine years old, eight years, I lived in Fairmont.
7: Well, we were fortunate in that Marshall University was there and I was able to worship at the Marshall Newman Center, which was a community on fire, but that was only about maybe 50 people, and I felt kind of I mean, to be honest with you, I stopped going to church for a while because I felt alienated, not by the church, but I felt, why bother? Nobody else cares. I mean, I told my friend who told me I was a Christian, I said, can't you tell by the way I live that I'm struggling to be a good person? And to me, that's what it's all about. And he threw out, and I'm sorry I don't know the scripture reference, but it was, by their faith, he shall know them." And so therefore... My good works were
1: worth a hell of Our congregation in Fairmont was only 35 Jewish families and we couldn't afford a, a full rabbi. We had a student rabbi come from S- uh, Cincinnati uh, for two times a month. And one of the ones that was there when I was six years old inspired me to become a rabbi.
0: Sis, I would say just live what you believe. I think somebody said that earlier. Continue to live what you believe in spite of what others think of you. And when you know that you know that you are a Christian, be it, and it doesn't matter what any, anyone said. I told you earlier, some of those old people don't think that I'm a Christian either, because I wear pants, <laughs> and, and, and that, but I don't fight it. I don't fight it. It's like, okay, because you can't tell me when I'm not. I'm a Christian and I, I don't fight it. And I keep sharing it to those who would listen. If you don't want to hear me, we talk about Batman.
2: <laughs> one more, do you have a quick comment you want to answer?
0: I was,
5: I was just going to say something real quick on, on that one. Um, I was, I'm obviously a priest. I've been a priest now for 11 years. Uh, I went into seminary uh, right after all the scandals broke in Boston. Uh, which was probably uh, the worst time you could think culturally to enter into the seminary as a Catholic as a Catholic seminary and things like that but uh, there's a certain point where I think that in our faith that our faith has to be is is our own right And now we are supported by the community we're supported by other believers and Jesus does send out two by two the apostles and so community is a fundamental, component of Christianity and especially of Catholicism but I'd also say this we also believe uh, especially as Catholics we, we do believe in the devil um, we believe he's alive and well and that God will send people to you and we also believe that and I encounter people who I believe the devil sends to me <laughs> so I'm just like discernment discernment from the spirit gives me the ability to recognize you know what this is not of God and this is not God speaking to me and I just wipe the dust from my feet and you keep moving forward but it can be very discouraging, and I definitely, I definitely can relate to that, that sense of discouragement, especially when you're getting attacked. But that's also where Jesus says, blessed are those when they hate you, when they revile you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Your reward will be great in heaven.
2: Do you have anything else to say? Yeah. Other panelists speaking on that?
5: I'll, I'll do real quick. Uh, Pope Francis has been recently opening up the roles um, that have been traditionally given Um, because of cultural standards and societal standards to men. And even within the church, um, the Holy Father has been extending the role insofar as we can. There's a few roles in the church. Really, the only role is the priesthood itself, which we, for theological reasons and I'm not going to give you a, a three hour <laughs> theology lesson, but for the, for theological reasons, very deep belief, um, belief, theological reasons, um, the priesthood is one which is not, but outside of that, all the administrative roles, theological roles, teaching roles, even dogmatic roles in the church of people who define dogmas and doctrines. That's why we have multiple women in the church who are declared as doctors of the church, which are the primary teachers. Um, So in the church, and we've been doing that for centuries. And I would also point out Catholics, the one thing that we get hit on more than anything else from almost every other uh, denomination and sometimes even outside of it is where we're told that we worship Mary. Um, Now, our understanding of that, we don't worship Mary. We honor Mary by the fourth commandment. Um, But I would also say this, Mary we hold as the best example of a disciple. So from our perspective, like next to Jesus, the the, the best person, human being who did it, was a woman.
3: <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the 12 men who followed me, it was, it was the woman.
1: <laughs> and,
3: and certainly when it comes to that issue, there are by no means a consensus uh, among Baptists. Uh, like Father Tom said, I would say in, in our church, we recognize that the role of the pastor is restricted to men for theological and scriptural reasons, but that would be the only, the only role.
4: The, uh, one of the issues, and I think, I'm just a software engineer again, I'm not a clergy, I can't say, right, so so, yeah. Um, One of the issues we have in Islam is that the absence of clergy. So that comes like a revolutionary side saying, you know what, it's between you and God. There is nothing like as uh, a clergy that would define you what the word of God is. But there lies a problem, right? Like you can see uh, differentiations from uh, countries of the Middle East to North Africa. Like as I say, to me like, just as an example, I'm not, not trying to make a point of any other countries or anything, but women not to like, oh, really? So, you know, it's like, for me, but I I don't know, they have their reasons as well. So all like, uh, moral police, like we're hearing now in Iran. I've never seen that in North Africa. I can't talk about, you know, Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia. So so there is this differences. there is, always a learning experience. Um, we we like, and the last sermons was about this point when they say, oh, don't let people tell you that women in Islam, because at the time when women were bought and sold, we came and say they are equal. You cannot, you know, they can inherit, they can, which is great. That's revolutionary, but was 1400 years ago, right? So here we are today. Are we up to get, you know, give a woman again their statuses what they need to be or or whatever that other equality that we read into the book and texts
3: well we're, we're going to wrap up i want to thank you all for being here and please join with me in thanking
2: all of our panelists thank you hey there it's vanessa back with you sitting over here just to in awe, complete awe of this program. I found that really educational, but also delightful and fun all at the same time. It brings me pure joy to see so much respect and kindness and civility between these people and in the audience, all while we're talking about these super challenging topics, And that made me realize that, you know, these topics that we cover are usually seen as divisive when they're tackled elsewhere, but the way that we do it is actually unifying. And that does not mean that we suddenly agree, but it means that instead of feeling further divided, people generally feel more unified. They feel a stronger sense of belonging, of community, and a renewed understanding that we're all in this together. And this really only works with a really solid panel like this one. So let's hear it for the God Squad. All right, now here are just a couple of my favorite moments and reflections to share with you. I absolutely loved when Pastor Gary started off by saying that even though they are representing their various faiths, they can really only speak for themselves. That is such an excellent point and worth repeating, even though it seems obvious, And it makes me laugh because of a mistake I recently made. My youngest sister is married to a Canadian man, and the two of them are living in Germany right now. So we were talking the other day about how different areas of the world are currently viewing the war in Ukraine. And I asked my brother-in-law, so what does Canada think? Well, as this was coming out of my mouth, I realized just how dumb and ridiculous it sounded. So then of course, we had to talk about that also, which was fun. So I love Gary's reminder, so we can just keep it at the forefront of our brains, that we need to try not to boil everything down to such simplistic ways of viewing. My other favorite, favorite part was when that former atheist stood up and shared his perspective, which, by the way, I found to be brilliant and so well stated, uh, but really what he said about all that he's gotten out of coming to the God's Squad for all these years, and then the responses from the panel about how welcome he is in this group. That was one of the most beautiful moments I've witnessed. Okay, finally, one more for you. That part about the role of women in the church. Listen, y'all, you probably got a gist of what was happening in the room, but just in case, I've got to share the full picture with you. So I was the one walking around the room with the audience microphone, and there were lots of hands up, far more questions than we could get to. So I was trying to squeeze in just a couple more, but the audience was not ready to move on. Multiple people from different areas of the room kept flagging me down to let me know that we had not heard from everyone yet on that question about women. So I love, love, love that they kept me in check and they made it a point to let me know what they really wanted to hear about. So see you guys. It truly is a community conversation where we tackle the tough stuff and learn from each other. Just beautiful. Another beautiful moment. Now, before I close out, I just want to give a quick shout out to my friend, Corey Nathan, host of Talking Politics and Religion Without Killing Each Other. You loyal listeners probably know who I'm talking about. Corey has been producing this podcast for us ever since things got super busy for me here in Tallahassee, and he's guest-hosted the last couple of episodes, so thanks to Corey for dropping in sometimes and for the excellent production work keeping this thing going. All right, please consider joining our members and supporting this programming. You can become a member for just $7 a month or $76 a year, and your business can join for two fifty. dollars Go to villagesquare.us slash donate to join today. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with everything happening at the Village Square. Go to villagesquare.us and scroll to the bottom for the sign-up box. Funding for this program was provided through a grant from Florida Humanities with funds from the National Endowment for the Humanities. Check out Florida Humanities online at floridahumanities.org we appreciate you listening to holy misconceptions batman with the god squad until next time we challenge you to reach out with an open heart and mind to someone who doesn't look or think like you it changes everything we'll talk to you soon and thanks so much for listening to village square cast